Hi, neighbor. How you doing? Everybody doing good? It's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? It is a good day to celebrate our neighbors and to be in good spirit to praise and worship God this morning. And I'm going to start out first just by reading Scripture. I want to read the story of focus for today, which is actually the story of the anointing of King David uh, by Samuel. So this is their story together. And just, I I noticed in the last service, probably a little disclaimer I need to make. I pronounce some words a little differently than you all. And I'm going to say the word all like 25 times in this service. What I mean is oil, okay? Just, I can't really say it well. So just, there you go. All right, 1 Samuel 16, the story of David and um, being anointed. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now, if you remember, Saul was actually the first king of Israel, and he's kind of fallen out of favor with God. So the time has come to anoint a new king. So that's what we're doing. So Samuel did what the Lord said, and when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived at Jesse's house, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. And Jesse then had Shema pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And, you know, well, there still is the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So they sent for him and brought him in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. 
So great story of David being anointed. We're going to go a little deeper in that in our, uh, in our sermon for today. But just to kind of go back to Mr. Rogers, for 912 episodes, Mr. Rogers used PBS television kind of as a platform, if you will, to speak life and truth to millions of viewers. I mean, his reach was so far. And, and really, that was his ministry. Um, that's the way he ministered to people. He, he, he was a great guy in that he truly embodied Jesus' command to love God. And uh, because you love God, you, you love neighbor. And so he was great at showing that. Now, he never preached a sermon on TV, but, you know, he stood firmly on his theological convictions. And while standing there, he used them in everyday lessons and intentional uh, affirmations like the one that I'm using kind of as our benediction during this series. And you might remember, it was the way he ended every one of his episodes where he said, you made this day special just by your being you. Um, there's no one in the world like you. And I like you just the way you are. Um, Mr. Rogers just, he gifted his viewers with that affirmation on every episode because he believed that each person has sacred worth. And, and he believed that because he also believed that each person is created and loved by God. Um, and, and so, you know, but here's the cool thing. Fred not only recognized God's handiwork in those around him, but he also appreciated it. Um, now, you know that there, you can see something in your uh, field of vision, but not necessarily appreciate it. Right? I mean, it is... It is a different sort of thing to appreciate something that you see than just to merely see it. So not only did Mr. Rogers see the people around him, he appreciated them. And, and one of my favorite quotes of his, uh, he said this. He said, I believe appreciation is a holy thing. That when we look for what's best in a person we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does all the time. Isn't that cool? And so in loving and appreciating our neighbors, we participate in something sacred. I mean, that is so awesome when you think about that. I mean, when we look for what's best in a person, anybody around us, we are doing what God does all the time. And when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that is an amazing opportunity to, to partner with God. And, and, and God actually demonstrates this to Samuel and, and, and to us in the scripture that we read for today. You know, Samuel, who, you now Samuel's kind of like the judge, he's the prophet, he's kind of the head guy in Israel, and he thinks he knows the signs of spiritual strength. 
Okay, he, he thinks he, he knows. And, you know, did you ever think that you knew something only to find out later that you really didn't know anything? <laughs> um, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, wait until you're 50. All right, so, you know, it happens to you all the time when you're 50. You know, when you're 20, you think you know everything, right? When, when you turn 50, you're like, what's my name? Where are my glasses? Where's my, I don't know anything. And so Samuel, he's kind of in that position. He thinks he knows everything. He knows exactly what God is looking at and looking for. And, and he thinks that you can judge the power of a man by how muscular he is. Right? Uh, he thinks that if a, if a man is strong like this, then he must be strong altogether. And in every aspect. And so what he's doing is he's equipping, or he's equating rather, strength in the weight room for strength in the throne room. And they are very different. Very different. And if we're honest, so many times we, we, we tend to function like Samuel. Don't we? Um, thinking we know what we don't know. You're judging a person by outward appearance, by the things that we decide are valuable. Um, we've decided it, therefore it must be true. And, and oftentimes those external things that we can see, like you know, positions and possessions, those are the clues that we take or, or rightly mistake, for indications of somebody else's worth. Now, going back to the scripture, David's brothers, I mean, you know, if, again, in Samuel's defense uh, a little bit, they, they look like they would make great leaders and great leadership material. They're older, they're stronger, they have more life experience. Uh, so they're thinking, well, let's just choose them. One of them will surely make a great next king. And I, I mean, after all, David, whoever he is, he's off playing with the sheep and writing some poetry. He won't work. He wouldn't be a good choice. And so they think they know what's best. And so many people have kind of written David off, even from the get-go. You know, he doesn't have what it takes. He's just a little bitty boy. He's a little bitty, itty-itty, skinny, young boy. And they thought that he'd be about as good at being king as I am at folding a fitted sheet, right? You ever tried to fold a fitted sheet? You get your fingers in the corners and you try to put them together, but at the end it just rolls up into a ball, doesn't it? Doesn't it? So they thought that he would make as good a king as that. Um, and so they've just dismissed him. They've just kind of knocked him to the side. But not God. Don't you just love God? <laughs> you know, they have dismissed David, but God has not. Because the scripture says God's too busy at looking at what's on the inside. To pay attention and to be distracted by just what's on the outside. So why do we do that? You know, why do we get so distracted by what is on the outside? 
God doesn't look at what's on the outside. The text told us that God is, God is looking at the heart. God is looking for something a little deeper. And, and God sees something in David. God, God sees something valuable. God sees something that other people can't see or, or even appreciate. And, and in fact, God sees something that maybe David himself can't see yet because we don't always see ourselves the way others see us, right? Or, or the way God sees us. Folks, appreciation is a holy thing. And when we look for what is best in those around us, then we are doing what God does all the time. And that is such good news for our world. I mean, this is such good news for those of us who have been conditioned to the point that, you know, we're, we look for what's wrong and we look for what's flawed or we look for what's weak in people around us. And, uh, and not only do we look for that, but we point it out. And we point it out, you know, sometimes we, we talk about it, but other times we'll post it or we'll share it or we'll tweet it or we'll snap it. Um, but God is looking for what's beneath all that surface to see what is sacred. And in David's case, God is looking for something deeper than just physical strength. All right? He was looking for spiritual strength. And, and, and now, hear me clearly, not spiritual perfection, because if you have ever read the story of David, you, you will know that this man is anything but perfect. But, so we're not looking for that spiritual perfection, we're looking for spiritual strength. And, and God looks at David and said, that's what he's got. He's not perfect. But guess what? God didn't call him to be perfect. He called him to be willing. And when you're willing, God says, that is something I can work with. I can work with you willing, you know, when you're willing. I, I can work with that. And because of that, God tells Samuel, he was like, that's the boy. And I want you and to go, and I want you to take David, and I want you to take that oil, and I want you to pour it all over his skinny little head. All right, I want you to pour it down on that boy, because he is the one I want. Now, back then, what would happen when they would anoint somebody, they would take an animal horn... Um, and they would fill it all the way full with oil. And so when they'd pour it over you, it wasn't just a little bit on your forehead. I'm talking about oil would pour down all over your head, get in your hair. It would fall into your face and down into your eyes and go over onto your shoulders. So when they poured this onto David, it got all over his face. It got in his eyes so much so that he couldn't see a thing apart from the blessing. And so God was like, I want you to take all of that oil and pour it all over his little head so that it runs down in his face as a testament to his identity as God's beloved and Israel's king. 
Now, as far as I know, Fred Rogers never had a, ha uh, a horn that was full of oil. <laughs> um, but it didn't stop him from pouring constant streams of affirmations and appreciation just all over his viewers and, and his guests and, and his cast, for that matter. Because he, too, saw beneath the surface to what was sacred in those who were with him. Including a man by the name of Francois Clemens. Um, Francois Clemens may not be a name that immediately brings to mind a face, but I bet the character he played might for you Gen Xers and baby boomers out there. He played the role of Officer Clemens. And he did so in a very critical time in our nation's history. And, and uh, you know, Francois Clemens was someone that other people would have easily overlooked or worse. But Fred Rogers demonstrated the gospel in the most beautiful way to this man. And maybe you've heard his story, but if not, here it is. Nearly everyone remembers Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in this But not everyone knows that this cardigan-clad king of children's TV, Fred Rogers, was actually a pioneer who challenged racial stereotypes in media. Enter Francois Clemens. Francois Scarborough Clemens. And his role as Officer Clemens made him one of the first recurring black characters on a children's TV show. When I started, there were two, three shows, period, on television that employed a black character. Francois grew up during the Civil Rights Movement and times of great racial tension in the U.S. So when Fred asked me to be a police officer, Fred, are you sure? Do you know what policemen represent in the community where I was raised? And then he started talking about children needing helpers and the positive influence that I could have for young children. My heart opened as I listened to him. He accepted the role, not knowing he would end up playing Officer Clemens for 30 years. And one of his most memorable scenes is also one of his favorites. There are many ways to say I love you. It's a very big deal for me to be putting my feet in the water with Fred. During a time of segregation, the symbolism wasn't lost on Francois. To say that he uh, didn't know what he was doing or that he accidentally stumbled into integration or talking about racism or sexism. That's not Mr. Rogers. It was well planned and well thought out, and I think it was very impactful. There are many ways to say I love you. That impact was felt by many, but for Francois, it was personal. I was in the studio one day. That particular day, he was filming the end of the show. And when he got to the part, he said, you make every day a special day. You know how? By just your being you. And I swear it was like, just looking right into my eyes. And when the music stopped, I said, Fred, were you talking to me? And he said, yes, I have been talking to you for years, but you heard me today.
been talking to you for years. But you heard me today. There is a difference between seeing someone and appreciating someone. And, and Jesus showed us what this looks like all throughout the Gospels. You know, where, where others saw this shady tax collector. Jesus saw a man named Zacchaeus. And where some neighbors defined a woman by her questionable reputation, Jesus saw a spiritually thirsty person. And when a man met Jesus' boat and identified himself as legion because of the demons that possessed him, Jesus saw him as an individual. Did you happen to hear um, this week just a disturbing story that happened in Maryland? There was a chicken sandwich coming out at Popeye's, I guess, and there was a line that had formed, and a man was cutting in line, and it caused an argument, and guns were brought out, and this man was shot and killed at a Popeye's. And, and I don't know, I mean, maybe there was a whole lot more to that story than I am sharing. I don't know, but what I do know is this. If people realize the sacred worth of other people, if, if, if we would just truly appreciate people versus just seeing them, if, if we could just maybe tell more people around us, I like you just the way you are, then maybe this world might be just a little bit different. I mean, do, do you know that there are people in our midst who have never heard those words, I like you just the way you are? I mean, for Mr. Rogers to say this after every episode and for the kids to hear that, can you imagine how that helped them to begin to love themselves? And, and what I fear is that we're losing that message. I mean, that's why, you know, our vision here at Woods Chapel is just so important. You know, there are people in our world who are desperate to know that they are included and accepted and loved. And we are here to help them feel that affirmation. You know, I, and we want them to know that God has been talking to you for years. And maybe today is the day that you will hear it. Again, as far as I know, you know, Mr. Rogers never had a horn of oil the to anoint, but, you know, that just, it never stopped him from pouring that constant stream of affirmation all over people. <laughs> he wasn't a judge, he wasn't a prophet, but he had no problem in seeing what was sacred in people. 
Now, that's the gospel according to Mr. Rogers, that, you know, there is something in you. There is something valuable in you, something others may not even see. In fact, it might be something that you don't even see in yourself yet, but it's there. And, and, and I know it's there because God created you and put it there. And, and in fact, you know, and, and God called that good. God said it is good. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 27 says, humanity was created in the image of God. And then if you go down just a few verses beyond that, after God created us in his image, God said it is good. In fact, it is very good. You were good from the very beginning. Before you ever did anything in your life, you were good. And in fact, you're good even after you've done some stuff. There is something special in you and in you and in you and in you and you and you and you and you and there's something special in me. We are valued and we are loved by God. And you know, I am probably never going to be the king of Israel. I mean, God can do great things, but I'm just not certain that's ever going to happen. And you know what? You may never be the king of Israel either. But, but like David, you're valuable. You're loved. And you are useful in God's hands. I mean, each and every one of us, we are made in God's beautiful image. And I pray that the truth of that statement will just cover us like oil. That, that God would pour that affirmation all over our itty-bitty little heads so that we will have to start living like it's true. Because we can't see apart from that which is just all over our face. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if, if we could live each day like that is true? In fact, in just a second, we're, we're, we're going to sing. The praise band's going to lead us through another uh, song of praise and worship. And I, I just want to extend an invitation to you all to, to maybe, if you feel like, to come forward in prayer. I mean, these prayer rails are open for us to use anytime we want to, not just communion. And, you know, maybe it's a time for you to just come and listen to the words that you are beloved. You're God's beloved. And some of us, we may know that beyond the shadow of a doubt that we're beloved by God. And in fact, we claim that truth and knowing that truth changes how we live our lives. But for some of us, maybe we need to absorb those words today. You know, maybe, maybe we need to hear those words again. Maybe we need to hear them badly. And some of us may even need to imagine God saying this to us. 
I have been talking to you for years. And I hope today that you hear me. That's the gospel according to Fred Rogers. So what does it look like according to you? What does it look like or sound like to those who are watching the episodes of your life? And trust me, there are people watching your life, um, especially if you are a parent. I mean, welcome to that party, right? You're watched. Somebody is always watching. They're watching. They're, they're listening to your words, and they're watching your movements. And they want to know, does, is that what the gospel looks like? And so I want you to think about this. Ask yourself the question, you know, is there someone, or maybe someones, are there people, is there someone who really needs you to see what is sacred in them? I mean, they, they might be sitting right next to you today. Uh, you know, they, they, they need you to not just see, but to appreciate and to pour a stream of affirmation all over them. Do you know that it takes six positive comments to counter one negative? So is there someone who needs you to see What is sacred? Appreciation is a holy thing. And when we see the best in those around us, then we are doing what God does all the time. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the reminder that we are created in your image It helps us to remember who we are and whose we are. It helps us to remember that no matter how the world might try to measure us and shape us, your idea of success and strength comes from a different place. So God, we're thankful for who you are and who you call us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.